You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Bark and Swagger on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Jody Miller Young, and if you're a fashion lover, you are definitely in the right place. We're here today with Anthony Rubio. Now, a lot of you may know who Anthony is, but for those of you who don't, he is a prolific pet couturier who does absolutely beautiful designs for dogs and women. Listen up, ladies. So we're going to take a short break for a word from our sponsor. But when we come back, we're going to talk to Anthony about his recent New York Fashion Week runway show, what went into it, what's it like behind the scenes, all the great stuff that you don't get to see, and uh, all the beautiful designs that he designed. So stay tuned. Don't go away. Grab your favorite beverage, get comfortable, and we'll be right back. We'll be right back after a short pause. Looking for the best advice on pet health, safety, and travel? Connect with the Pet Lady. Dana Humphrey, also known as the Pet Lady, will surely be in a city near you real soon. She will be spreading the good news for pets and pet lovers from tips on dog and cat care, pet industry trends, and the best events for you and your four-legged family members. Need a great gift idea or insights on the hottest pet gadgets? Simply follow the Pet Lady on Twitter at PetLadyWorld. You can also learn more at The Pet Lady at thepetlady.net. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Bark and Swagger on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Jody Miller Young, and we're here today with Anthony Rubio, Pet Couturier. Hi, Anthony. Hello, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Very excited to be here. Thank you. I'm really excited to have you here. Thank you for making time for the show. I was lucky enough to attend your New York Fashion Week runway show recently, and I was just blown away. Before we get into the particulars, which are very exciting to me, and I know exciting to you too, I want people to know a little bit more about you. Because while so many people know who you are, there are some who don't yet, and I want to introduce you to them. So tell us a little bit about your history. I know you studied at FIT, and how you came to be a prominent pet couturier. Well, I studied women's wear design, as you had mentioned, at Fashion Institute of Technology here in New York, which is a prominent you know, fashion school. A lot of it was self-taught work that got me into the school because where I went to high school, they didn't teach any art. I went to private school, so I had to concoct this whole thing and sell myself, and it worked. <laughs> Apparently, they saw something, and they were like, you've got something we're interested in developing, so they took me on. I went into the studies, and eventually, as my got further into the studies, they discovered I was great with draping and um, illustration and textile design, but I was losing the fire for the industry, 
and started the desire came on to go into education. Long story short, I went I went into education versus um, fashion, put that aside for a while, and then ten years later, after already being a teacher, I then get a call about a dog that had to be rescued, which I got involved in, and the dog was being abused. I saved the dog because there were no other alternatives. I ended up adopting the dog because otherwise he would have been put down. Was and that Bandit? Dog, that was Bandit? That was just the famous Bandit Rubio, yes. Bandit was in pretty bad shape when I got him, and he was always trembling. And at that time, remember, we're talking about maybe 12, 13 years ago now, mm-hmm. um, the industry wasn't so flooded with garments and clothing for dogs, and I wasn't very aware of it either. So I just grabbed fabric and created things for him to wear. And whenever we went anywhere, people were taking notice, and the rest is history. Everybody wanted me to design things for their dogs and kept urging me, to expand, and uh, I started attending events with Bandit, and um, like I said, the rest is history. I became well-known for my couture designs for dogs. Your designs have been shown on national TV shows, and you've been written up in magazines. You've really gotten out there. Yeah, again, all blessings. All like I've had documentaries done on me. They've come from Belgium. They've uh, done a documentary in Australia. They've done um, magazines. I mean, it's so much. You know, it was shocking to know that it was like I was well known in New York, and then all of a sudden it was the country, and now it's the world. And it just, you know, it's still, you know, the surprises me because I'm just a regular guy from New York that just enjoys creating. And you're really, really creative. Let's talk about New York Fashion Week. Now, these designs, this collection was very cohesive, and there's a reason for that. You were inspired by something very, very specific this year. Tell us about it. Well, the show started, if you remember, um, with a little something French, the French musical Boom, and it was an inspiration from the trip that I had to Paris last spring. But then it went into the real meat of the show, which was the inspiration I got from a visit I did last summer to um, Rome and the Amalfi Coast of Italy. And I had a private viewing of a presentation of Azzedine Alia at the Borghese Galleria. And when I walked into the place, it's a mansion. It's an old family mansion of hundreds of years old. And it's like all marble and the artworks that are shown there range from everyone from uh, Michelangelo Medici de Caravaggio to Raphael, to Dossi is the name, and Jacopo Passano. And the works were striking to me because of the textures and colors and the juxtaposition of how certain colors stood out and practically reached out to you and pulled you in. And, and if anybody knows me, I, when I'm in a museum, it's like you can't even butt me because once I'm stuck to a glue to a piece, it's like I study it intensely. But I, I was inspired. And when I came out of there, I said, my next show, I want to incorporate the illusion of the colors and the darkness surrounding the colors and the textures and I set about creating that illusion and started hunting down fabrics and studying how to you know, lay certain textures over textures and then um, bejeweling them with glass and crystals. And, well, you saw it. Yeah, amazing. You actually shopped for many of these fabrics in Italy, right? I shopped for fabrics in Italy, but in order to pinpoint the look I was going for, 
it took a lot more research, and I had to visit a few museums here in New York, the Metropolitan Museum, my favorite, my second home. And uh, <laughs> I went to the fashion houses, you know, to the, the textile industry, and I went to some importers, and I asked them how I could get my hands on anything that looked like, you know, I took pictures. I was like, how do I get anything that looks like this? And they were like, well, that looks like a shantung, and that looks like a this. And, and before you know it, um, together we created the textures, and then I set about creating the looks that went into the show. Really interesting. Talk a little bit about the rich colors that you experienced in these paintings that you brought to the show. Well, like I said, you know, when I was looking at the Caravaggio, for instance, I kept noticing that the people in the paintings were very well, well lit up, but the rooms were very dark. They were black. It's black. Mm-hmm. And then the fabrics were like bright yellows and reds and greens. But they weren't just bright. They had like a, uh, shadows. That's what I would call it. Shadows are created depth. And I had to try to figure out how to do that. And what I did was I started experimenting with silk and with shantung and getting the brightest, most saturated colors I can get. And then I started laying over that black netting, create the illusion, you know, like an iridescent illusion. Mm-hmm. And by George, I got it. It was like, oh my gosh, I figured this part out. So then I started looking at the, the jewel trims that they used in their garments, and, and I started mimicking that. And remember that I'm not, I wasn't just doing it for the people, I was doing it for the dogs as well. So it had to have movement, it had to have presence. And if you remember the location of the show, Gotham Hall, in, mm-hmm. here in New York, it's like a rotund. And it's like all marble. And it had the same illusion of the Galleria uh, that I had seen this artwork hanging in. So I was like, you know, I have to have this look just like that. And when the first piece came out, it was like looking at the painting come to life. It was just incredible. It was powerful for us in the audience, I'll tell you. Let's talk about a couple of the pieces, both the women's and the dogs. The piece that I, I have to bring up first is that incredible piece that closed the show, your major statement piece, that gorgeous navy ball gown. Tell us about that, and you can see pictures of these designs on the Bark and Swagger page of the Pet Life Radio site, so you'll see what we're talking about. Tell us a little bit about what went into making that. Well, I wanted to close the show in a tra- like the old traditional, I mean, I don't know who remembers the old-fashioned shows. They used to always close with a wedding gown. And I wanted to do something to that you know, magnitude, but without it being a real wedding gown. So I said it has to be voluminous, it has to have presence, and it has to match the venue, because it's such a big venue, I didn't want it to get lost. And originally I was going to do it in a red, and thank God I didn't, because it turned out that the draping in the whole place was red, and then it was Valentine's Day, so it would have been a little bit too literal. Yeah. So when I started searching out the fabrics, like I said, I was looking for a red, a ruby red, and I ended up stumbling across this fantastic netting with these gigantic flowers that were embroidered in metallic gold threading and navy blue sequins. And it was on a sheer navy blue netting. So what I did was I, I got the hoop skirt, you know, the structure underneath, and I built up the skirt with um, navy blue organza, and then I layered that navy blue sheer fabric with the flowers over it and created the illusion you saw. And it looked like almost like the ocean at night. When that got down moved, the way the light danced on it, it was like breathtaking. It was just- that is a great description because it is. It's like when the moon shines on the ocean at night, it's that inky, gorgeous blue that's luminescent, you know, with those metallic uh, embroidered flowers. I mean, it's just stunning. You, you guys have to see it on the site. Now, you, in terms of what Bogey is, she's walking Bogey, right? Bogey is wearing this gorgeous, yes. complimenting jacket. Tell yes. us a little bit about that. His jacket was 
three layers, but very thin fabrics, tissue thin. One of them was a very stretched nylon netting, and it's multicolored. And what I did was I layered over that a black netting with embroidered floral patterns on it in beautiful colors. It has little stones that you'd have to get real close to see the stones, but they still capture the light. And then I attached to that my own ornaments. I did three-dimensional little flowers, Japanese flowers all over and green leaves. So no matter how he moved, it would always capture the light. And the thing about him is that Bogey's a tricolor chihuahua. He's black with the light color face. And the garment was these bright colors because, remember, the dress was navy blue, so you didn't want, I didn't want to do anything that was going to make him disappear. I had to make him pop. Exactly. So I did the bright colors on him, and it was magnificent. It looks gorgeous. And for any of you that don't know, Bogey and Kimba are Anthony's two adorable chihuahuas and fantastic models, the two boys, and they travel all over the world with him. Um, yes, you'll be able to see both of them on the Bark and Swagger page. Now, there's another design that I also thought was absolutely magnificent, and it's one that Nicole was wearing, and it's that yeah. rich yellow with the embroidered netting. Tell us about that one, and then tell us about Henry. Let's start with Nicole. Okay, the dress on the comb was like a bubble skirt. It was like knee length, and the top was made of the same sheer fabric that went over the yellow shantung. Now, the yellow shantung was a really, really bright yellow, so I had to tame it with that other fabric that I put over it. But that fabric, the beauty of it is that it's black seared netting, but it has embroidery of metallic gold beading and glass jet beads, which, which means black, with sunflowers of embroidered gold thread and uh, Swarovski crystals, which I put in the middle of each flower. And then the top was completely sheer, but it was just magnificent on her. It was like the confidence that it exuded and then that yellow against all the darkness around. And the, it, like I said, it looks like a painting. It's like and illuminated it from underneath, like these paintings. Exactly. Yes, yes. Henry, Henry yes. is a rescue. That he was rescued by Bidewee and adopted by a friend of mine named um, Todd Richter, who finances and he's a benefactor for Bidewee. And um, Henry was a poster dog on Times Square Billboard. And I just had to have him in my show. I contacted Todd and asked him, you know, through some friends of mine to bring me um, Henry and put him in the show. And he wore a harness vest that was in a putty-colored ultra suede. And the same overlay that was on Nicole's dress, I put it on the vest. So there was this matchy-match thing going on. Only it was a little more masculine because he's a boy and it matched with his colors because he's got a lot of shades of browns and grays on him. And he's a confident little guy, and he's the face of Vitaweek. And he's a celebrity. I mean, you just kind of <laughs> casually mentioned he was on a billboard in Times Square. This is huge. It was the NASDAQ building, right? Yes, yes. A yes, huge billboard in Times Square, and he became the poster boy for adoption for Bidewee, and then a wonderful man who is giving him an amazing life came forward and adopted him. So Henry is a really, really happy ending story. There was another one. I don't know if you knew about the other one that we said. This was the, you know how they say you have the frosting on the cake? I had the cherry on the cake. <laughs> I had an, a dog that was up for adoption from Animal Lighthouse from Puerto Rico. And the dog is a Sato. A Sato is a dog that lives in the streets of Puerto Rico, begging for food and, you know, eating all scraps. Mm -hmm. This little guy was rescued. He was flown from New York to put, be put up. He was, you know, cleaned up and everything. And it was up for adoption. And I contacted these people and asked them to please have at least one of their dogs in my runaway show. And they sent me pictures and I asked for them to, I picked out this little guy. His name is Little Bean. He's a Chihuahua mix. And he came out on the, on the runway and blew everybody away because he was wearing a, like a Japanese kimono style with multicolors. And he blew everybody away. But the beauty of the story is that after the show, he was adopted. Aww. And so 
that brought such a good feeling because it was like, you feel like you had something to do with it. You know, he was put up there. So from rags to riches. You gave him a platform. You gave him a platform. That is so wonderful. Well, you know, you do this. You do this. You use rescues in your shows, too. You mix it up, which I like. You know, you you have some Instagram stars like Mochi in the City this year. And then you've got, you know, Henry, who has an amazing shelter dog story. And tell us about a couple of the other dogs that were sort of standouts this year. We had uh, Marshall, which was another Shih Tzu, who I'd used in other shows in the past. He's another famous Instagram dog. We had a contest to see whose dog could end up on the runway. And the funny coincidence is that we picked another Shih Tzu. And then when the night of the show, I see them talking to people with the Shih Tzus. It turns out that Marshall and that Shih Tzu were cousins. So we had- <laughs> and they both walked in the show. <laughs> yes. And then we had a pit It's another one of the big things I have. You know, pit bulls are the most misunderstood breed and one of the most yeah. destroyed breeds in America. That People have this, this misinterpretation of the breed and they're, the, the kill shelters, those are the ones that go the first. And um, I had to have a pit bull and they brought me Charlie. And Charlie's a big, docile, big baby. He was scared of my chihuahuas, imagine that. <laughs> and um, he did the runway also. So, yeah, I had a beautiful mix of different breeds and different dogs walking down or being carried down the runway. I also had Zizi, uh, Zane, who's, who does the Pup Scouts. I had, I mean, my boys, of course. You know, I, I adopted my boys years ago. And one opened and one closed. So, yeah, it's a fun thing to, to involve the dogs. And, you know, I have to tell you the truth. I always wanted to break the barrier of Fashion Week because, you know, my thing has always been designing for the dogs. But to get the dogs into New York Fashion Week, I had to go back and do women's wear, and that's where that came in. To get my foot in the door, I had to create women's wear. And that's how this whole thing came about. Well, you know what? I'm glad that that was a requisite because you do it so beautifully, Anthony, and the complimenting designs that you do for the dogs, this is where everything is going. People want to compliment what their dog's wearing, match what their dog's wearing. You know, this is what's happening in pet fashion. So it's perfect. Mm-hmm. And people are incorporating the dogs into their, their affairs, like weddings and, and family portraits and things like that. So... Yeah, this is the way it's going, absolutely. Yeah, there's one more design that I want to talk with you about before we talk about what's next. But mm-hmm. before we do that, we're going to take a short break from our sponsor. So don't mm-hmm. go away. We've got more from Anthony Rubio. Go refresh that drink, get cozy, and we'll be right back. Sit, stay. We'll be right back, right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Franklin is part beagle and part yellow lab. He was rescued in 2010 from the streets of Los Angeles. Somebody threw him out of a car and shattered his leg. He was malnourished and emaciated. He was also shedding excessively. The vet bills, the uh, prescriptions became increasingly expensive and he wasn't eating. That led me to look for other food sources for Franklin, including a raw dog food diet. I found the uh, the entire recipe, which incorporated raw meat, eggs, rice, Dinovite, and Lico 
Chops. It is omega-3 supplement on Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. 859-428-1000. Now he's thriving. He's shedding much less. He never misses mealtime. And his coat is soft and shiny. like that you guys are focusing on rescue dogs. I think every rescue deserves at least 90 days of Dynavite. Oh. 859-428-1000. Start that little pet off right. Just go to Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Dot com. Welcome back. You're listening to Bark and Swagger on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Jody Miller-Young, and we're here with Anthony Rubio, Pet Couturier. Anthony, we're talking about how beautiful your collection is this year uh, that you showed at New York Fashion Week for both dogs and their women. And uh, there's one more design that really blew me away that I want to talk about a little bit. Before we talk about what's next for you, there was a beautiful dress It again was that rich yellow. It had bright red flowers. And one of the Shih Tzus, I think that you just mentioned, was wearing a matching coat. And I just think this was the most stunning thing ever. Can you tell us about it? Well, that was a mommy and me type thing. It was a matchy match outfit. Mommy and me, I love it. (laughs) The young lady was wearing an evening gown, a column dress, actually. And it was in uh, that same cobalt, uh, not cobalt, uh, that bright yellow centong. And it had a layer of a netting that was black, like a webbing. And it had embroidered flowers all over it in bright tropical colors. And um, what I did was I created a little robe-like jacket that went on the Shih Tzu that won the contest who came out with her, and she carried the dog out because we weren't sure if the dog was going to be too nervous. So we asked her to carry the dog out. And everybody just ate it up because the colors were so bright and vibrant. And like I said, when the place is as dark as it was with the red draping all around, you know, it really popped. It totally popped. I loved it. I loved it. It was definitely one of the standouts for me. Talk about... I know you're doing so many things. I don't know how you manage your time because (laughs) you have a full-time job as a teacher. And... And you do so much between your private clients and your shows and the press, but, and creating new things. So you have new things that you're creating. Share with us what you can. And then I know you've got a trip coming up. Maybe you'll share a little bit about that with us too. (laughs) <laughs> of course, of course I perspiration, but like you said, let's put that on the back burner for a second. I'm in the process right now putting together garments for a show, that an annual show called Fashion for Paws, which happens in Washington, D.C. This is the 10th year doing this show, and it's a nationally acclaimed one-of-a-kind luxury brand event that benefits the Washington Humane Society. And it's kind of a competition where the people who raise a minimum of $3,000, they get to model on the runway with their dogs, in designs by, you know, yours truly. And um, I contribute to the designs to help raise funds. Last year alone, they raised $400,000. Could you imagine? Wow. Wow. So this year, they've invited me back and full gallop. I'm working on the garments now. And um, we'll be can there. You tell, can you tell first. people how they can find out more information about this in case they want yes. to, if they're in that area Absolutely. or they want to find out more? It's on April 23rd, okay? And if they want to find out more information, they can go to www.wash, W-A-S-H, humane, H-U-M-A-N-E, dot org, slash, F, number four, T, which is Fashion for Pause. Or they can just look it up on Facebook, Fashion for Pause. It'll come right up. Wonderful. 
Okay. So um, tell us more. Continue, please. Okay. So, the, so we're doing the designs for that show. And then the very next day, um, I'm, we're driving right back from Washington, back to New York, getting our luggage, and we're heading off to Europe. We're heading back to Italy, and this time we're visiting Milan, Lake Como, and we're going to stop at Venice. Nice. Oh, my God. Yeah. You are going to be so inspired. I see, like, Venice and, well, Milan is incredible. I mean, it always is. It's fashion central. But, but you're going to such wonderful places. I've never been to the Amalfi Coast, but I've heard amazing things about it. And it's got its own special flavor, right? So very exciting. So we can expect to see some new, fresh inspiration from you. Milanese fashion <laughs> and, <laughs> and maybe some um, ornamental style from the Venetian, you know, the carnival. So I just want to study everything and eat it all up. So, I, you know, as soon as I get back, I'm going to be working on new stuff and getting my things ready for the next bigger show. Wonderful. Tell people about your naughty ties because I love them. They're fantastic. <laughs> and I don't know how many people know about them. And it, it not only could be for the man in your life, but it could be for you too, ladies, because yes. I love yes. a woman in a smart tie, don't you? Yes. Well, we got to get one on YouTube here. So I create ties that are using some of the... Um, fabrics I use on the pet design, especially these new ones that I'm using for the Italian-inspired creations. So they're dual tones, they have sequins, they have tones. They're very flashy, but they make a statement. So they're definitely statement pieces. I call them naughty ties because they were originally started out of materials made for, used for um, negligees. And when Fifty Shades of Grey came out, everybody knows about that one. People were saying, oh, that's a naughty tie. And I was like, okay, that's a good name for this. Right? <laughs> that is a naughty tie. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> It's always good to, like, have an ear for promotion, right? Yes, absolutely. It helps. You're also doing menswear shirts, too, right? I started experimenting, and I have a few shirts that I've created. I'm, I've uh, had a, I had a, a model friend of mine in from Spain who um, did a photo shoot with us with some of my shirts, so I should be introducing those pretty soon. Fantastic. Well, Anthony, please send us pictures. Put them up on your Facebook page from your trip from Italy, and we'll share them with our fans and followers. And we can't wait to see what comes next for you. You are so, so talented. Thank you for spending time with us today. I love, love, love work and swagger. I promote as much as I can. I think that Thank the you. I think that they are so well treated and they should be tuning into your show every time you come on because you've got so many goodies for them. And, ah, uh, we love you, Anthony. Thank you. And I look forward to coming back. Thank you. We'll definitely have you back. When you have your next thing up, you let me know. So Absolutely. thank you for spending the time. Thank you all for listening. Thanks to our producer, Mark Winter, who makes us sound so good. My passion is fashion, so tune in next time to discover the designers, home decor, and styles I love. And don't forget to visit me at BarkandSwagger.com, where you'll find great fashion stories and more. So until next time, when fierce fashion calls, bark and swagger. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.